Many are quick to reach in and try to fix something that looks broken. We all have those friends, they see a problem in your life and they come in and try and fix it. Many times this works, but sometimes that fix requires a level of ownership too great to be changed by an outside force. Sometimes only willpower can repair what's broken. All this talk about defund, reform, and reimagine police may be able to fix some things, but there's one thing that presents too great a feat. There is one thing only the police can fix. Welcome to the Uniformed Reality Podcast. Police officers sharing their stories. This is their reality. Welcome back to the Uniformed Reality Podcast, where the reality may not be as uniform as you think. My name is Blake Page, and I am a police officer for the premier law enforcement agency in America, nay, the world. If you don't agree with me, that's perfectly fine and all, but I do challenge you to prove me wrong. Go to charlottepolicejobs.org, apply to become a police officer, receive fantastic training at our police academy, and start serving the beautiful Charlotte community, and then use the email in the description to tell me you still disagree. Last shameless plug, I promise, do me a huge favor and subscribe, then share this podcast with your friends on social media. It would really help us get the word out about this podcast. Plus, if you tag the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, I get the benefit of being able to go in and like your post. Self-serving, I know. Anyway, now for today's topic. Go with me in your mind, if you will, to your favoritest, absolute, most bestest department store in the world, and imagine seeing a child walk down a toy aisle lined with action figures, and then watching as he picks one up and becomes completely and utterly dejected, realizing that none of those action figures are as cool as the one his friend has. Well, in this analogy, you're the kid, I'm the one with the cool action figure, and the action figures are friends. If you're still confused, I'll give you a hierarchy here. Number one is Chuck Norris. Number two is Bruce Lee, and number three is our guest today, Officer Wayne Embry. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Thank you for coming in. Now, all superheroes have a backstory. Let's hear a little, about, little bit about you. Okay, well, let's see. Um, right out of high school, I joined the military. Uh, after that, uh, I joined a, a small police agency. Uh, had a great time and learned a lot doing that. And then uh, went on to join the State Highway Patrol and had a lot of fun with that as well. And then, as you said earlier about the greatest agency in the country, I said, you know, I got to check this out. And so uh, here I am over here at CMPD and loving every minute of it. So you left greener pastures to come to greener -er pastures. <laughs> Absolutely, I did. Yes, I did. In 2008, I joined the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department, and it was the best decision I've ever made. I've enjoyed it out of my 26 years of being a police officer. Uh, I've got to say, the since 2008, I've had so much fun and learned a lot here at Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. I, I tell you what, and I can see that, you know, when I first started in this agency, you were actually my commandant. And funny story here, I was lined up in formation, you know, as we do every time when we start right. PT, and uh, I could have sworn that it was below freezing outside. You know the only reason that I knew it wasn't below freezing? Tell me. It's when you had us crawl through water, <laughs> and there was no ice floating in that water. 
Right. I, I think I remember that. I think it's a rite of passage to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Sure was. I feel like at the end, obviously, that I accomplished something. In the middle, it felt cruel and unusual. Sure. Hey, dive into what you do now. Go into, uh, you know, you started your... Uh, you started the academy, yeah. being a commandant, and then you've transitioned somewhere else now. Where are you at? Yeah, so after 10 years of uh, doing recruit training and, and running uh, police recruit classes, um, a few years ago we started to implement um, a command college, so a leadership course for our commanders. Um, with its success, we said, let's let's broaden this a little bit. Let's, let's offer it to some sergeants' courses and sergeants' leadership classes. Um, to include the senior patrol officer classes. So um, just uh, about a week ago, we've kind of turned that to a full-time position. So I'm staying at the academy, and I'll still be involved with recruit training, but my responsibilities now are going to go more towards the leadership development program. So um, I'm excited to see what 2021 is going to hold for uh, our command college and our sergeant's course and some of the SPO training that we're going to be doing. That is really exciting as an employee, uh, as an officer, and yeah. looking forward in a career myself through through the ranks. That's really exciting to hear some of the progress we're making towards Absolutely. leadership. And I think you, you're probably one of the best people for that position, too. You know, back when we were spitballing kind of what this episode right. might look like, I was sitting in your office, and there were several things on your walls, you know, right. throughout your career that you, you've gathered and, you know, showing your expertise. I could see it on those walls, but there were two things that stuck out to me. They were huge. They were posters, mm -hmm. right? One of them said integrity. And the other one I'm going to have to read here, it said, sow a thought, reap an act. So an act, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, Reap a destiny. Now, you could have any poster in the world you, right. you wanted on that wall, like Chuck Norris or Bruce Lee, right? Sure. Why did you pick these two? Because it goes to my core values and my decade of teaching police recruits. I thought it was so critical that they would understand that oftentimes our thoughts become our words, right? And then what we speak follows with action. And so our action eventually becomes who we are as our character. And so it's so important as a young police officer to understand that what you're thinking and what you're saying, you start doing. And what you do becomes your character. And to honor the badge, our character has to uh, shine through all that. And that's, it's no easy task, but it's something that you have to do on a daily basis. Now, you're the epitome of physical fitness, at least in my mind, right? Mental fitness yeah, here yeah. is, I mean, to your point, it's so, I would argue, even more important Absolutely. than physical fitness. How do you... I mean, it's it's one thing to say it, right? It's another thing to to be able to teach it to folks coming into sure. the academy. How do you how do you build that into the curriculum at the academy? It you know it's no easy task. We've got we've got um, police recruits from all different backgrounds and ideologies, but they all have a common goal. They want to do well. They want to do good for the community, and so putting it into practice, whether it is in um, uh, different types of uh, practical training, whether it's conflict resolution, whether it's team building, all those things. And then what we do is we debrief at the end of the day. What did you think? What did you feel? What did you do with those feelings? Um, what is your actions? Do they replicate what you wanted at the end of the day? 
you use the word conflict resolution. What does that look like? How do you teach conflict resolution? So we put them in scenarios to where I don't want to say it's a, a you can't win scenario, but we definitely put it in a difficult situation to where they have to be able to control their emotions. They have to be able to control their words. And so not taking it personal. See, when you when you show up to a call and somebody's had a bad day, you can't own that, right? You just got to have to be lend an ear, listen to what they're saying, and then you have to work through that problem with them. They're not always going to agree with you, and that's okay. It's okay that not everybody's going to agree with your ideologies, but you got to find common ground for the greater good of the community. So almost in, in other terms, it's almost helping people learn emotional intelligence. Yes, well said, absolutely. So you know, I would say no less important for veteran police officers than for recruits. And speaking from a personal experience, sitting in a classroom is the last thing I want to do. Sure. You know, I want to get out there. I want to be in the field. How do you do these principles? Are they taught any differently to veteran police officers than they are to recruits? In, in small doses, they are. I would say in small doses. I think the principles stay the same, but how they're delivered has to be a little bit different because, you know, a young police recruit coming in or a police recruit that's new to the job hasn't seen what a veteran officer has seen. So you talked about exercising the body and the mind. Well, this is where you've got to start interjecting positive thoughts and have them look at the positives instead of always seeing maybe the negative in that situation. And so uh, no easy task. I'm not going to lie to you. This is no easy task, but you have to start spinning it to where you, you, you make somebody, you, you encourage someone, let me say it that way, you encourage someone to look at the positives throughout the day. I had a guy tell me one time, and I'll never forget as long as I live, he said, you've heard the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But then he turned and he said, but you can make him thirsty. So making someone thirsty for doing the right thing and seeing the positives. And sometimes that's how you have to kind of uh, interject, yeah, but here's the positive side of that and start living on that side. I spoke for myself earlier about how much respect I have for you, and I know it was somewhat uh, uh, grandiose in a way, but speaking with a lot of people in our agency here, they have that same respect for you behind closed doors. You know, because I know people are coming to you for uh, for advice, for mentorship behind closed doors. What kind of conversations do you have with officers on these topics? Um, you know, whether it's in the sergeant's course or the command college, um, sometimes just giving them a platform uh, to kind of um, unwind a little bit and talk about the real things. Um, it's okay. It's okay to get frustrated, mm. but what do you do with that frustration? It, and, and that's where just being an ear sometimes, it's not even as much as what I say in these courses, but allowing someone to talk through some of the things that they've seen and felt throughout their career. At some point in their career, they start feeling like, do I, can I, and do I make a difference? And, and there, which reminds me of an old African proverb I heard one time that just resonates with me. It says, if you don't think one entity can make a difference, spend a night with a mosquito. So <laughs> I say that you can make a difference, however big or small. Don't ever, don't ever lose focus and don't ever lose hope that, that your actions will make a difference. You may never see them in your entire career. You may never see that difference that you made in someone's life. But just know... It's happened.
I think that's something that we constantly need to remind ourselves of because for me, speaking personally, that's one of the hardest things about doing this job because you pour your heart into someone on one day, Most on their definitely. worst day, and I don't get to follow up with that person because right. I'm, I'm helping someone else at their worst day. I don't get to follow up with that person. I don't get to see the wins um, that my efforts, you know, working with that person mm-hmm. has has helped them along the way. I don't get to see that, so I love that analogy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I guarantee you, if you went out there and you did it with the right heart and the right mind, you made a difference in someone's life. And you may not see that in this life, but I guarantee you, you made a difference in someone's life. I told the Command College not too long ago, I said, I challenge you over the next three days to find the miracle within your day. And I got flooded with emails. And it may be something small, but it may be big, but you got to look for it. You can't just, you can't just keep walking around with blinders on. You got to look for those positive actions and those, what I call the miracle of the day. You've got a lot of, you know, good principles, a lot of good, uh, um, approaches, a lot of good techniques for emotional intelligence. But why does that matter to you? Why do you feel that this stuff, mental fitness is the most important? A lot of it is it's not just a job for me. I feel like it's a calling, and I feel like most officers who enter this career, uh, I, I feel like in their core they feel the same way. So it's it's my pers- my personal faith is what, what drives me and motivates me to continue uh, trying to be the best that I can be. I love how you mentor and you coach people on their uh, mental fitness just as much as you do, I know, on your uh, your physical fitness. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty and nervousness. We're, we're going to jump into your your expertise on fitness here. There's a lot of uncertainty and nervousness going into your first day in the academy. And matter of fact, that pretty much every day. Sure, sure. <laughs> Is there a workout you can point to? And I'm asking for a friend that uh, <laughs> that you can point to. If you can do that workout, the academy will be easy. You know, um, here's the here's the hard task. So we have to train for not only the unknown but the unknowable. So as a fitness instructor, you know, it's not. We just talked about mind. It's not just about physically being able to get through it, but mentally being tough enough to say, I'm not going to quit. Not today. I'm not going to quit. And so I look at that even bigger than I do. Hey, I can train your your body. You give me 26 weeks. By the time you graduate, you'll be able to get through the police officer's physical agility test. I'm, I'm not worried about that. It's the mental fortitude that we have to start working on day one. One quick fun one, mm-hmm. your favorite wad, and what's your time on it? Um, I would probably have to say Fran, which is a 21-15-9 thrusters and pull-ups. Um, I remember that one. Yeah, so that's probably, <laughs> it's a short one, though. You know, you're talking, you know, if you get at it, you know, sub five minutes, uh, but it puts you out for the next five hours. I mean, it's just that way. But that I would I would say that's probably one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. Favorite, uh, most grueling, I guess, is probably what I would say to it. Jumping back into mental fitness, though, I find it interesting that you pay more attention to your mental fitness as you do your physical fitness. And this episode opened with a pretty dogmatic assertion that there's one thing that only police can fix. Being accountable to yourself is a component of professional accountability, which if you've been listening over the past couple of episodes, we've gone over the core four strategic priorities that uh, the chief has identified for our agency, and one of those is professional accountability. It doesn't mean that we can't make mistakes. 
but it does mean that we must take painstaking strides to avoid them and then to take ownership when we do fall. That being said, I have a message I want to leave with my brothers and sisters in blue. I can't own it because I didn't say it first, but tell you what, I'll put music to it so it sounds cooler and more dramatic. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or whether doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly but errs, who comes short again and again, because there's no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither knew victory nor defeat. Teddy Roosevelt. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Uniformed Reality Podcast, and until next time, God bless.